0: Today, today, everything changes for you. There is absolutely nothing any of us can do to change our past. But please know that your decision to join us in the purity of our praise unto God, today definitely changes your future. St. Peter United decrees that you are worthy, you are loved, you are accepted, and you have a purpose. Today, we are going to continue our, our series on deconstruction. Uh, we're going to continue and end, actually, our series on uh, deconstruction. We've been on, I think we've had about seven uh, sermons now. Uh, our scripture reading today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 13, Matthew 5, verse 13, and uh, I'll be reading from the Revised Standard Version it's just a few scriptures, so uh, pull it up on your Bible app or your pew Bible, Matthew 5, uh, ch- uh, Matthew 5, starting at verse 13. The gospel writer wrote this. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid people oh actually we started at the salt i've got something different here let's start at this one this one's the right one let's go here you are the salt of the earth but if salt lost its taste how can its saltiness be restored it is no longer good for anything but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot now we pick up here you are the light of the world a city built on a hill cannot be hid no one after lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father, your God in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me uh, in prayer. Gracious God, give us now the eye of the eagle. Help us to see into all of our hopes, joys, fears, and sorrows. Weave our hands to the gospel, plow, and tie our tongues to truth. Come, thou fount of every blessing, and tune our hearts to sing thy grace. Let us hear from you, the still-speaking, ever-living God. This is our prayer in the name of our great ancestor and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are going to close our deconstruction series... Uh, by deconstructing rhetoric today. Deconstructing rhetoric. I want to add one more scripture to this which comes to from uh, James chapter 2 and some of you all have heard this before. Uh, The scripture reading says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters and siblings, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works. Surely that faith cannot save, can it? If a sibling is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and you do not supply their bodily needs, what good, what is the good of that? So, Faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. I'll pick up and go back from where we started when we started this deconstruction series. We started talking about how we wanted to question our faith and question what we've been taught and question some of the things we've been learned. Because some of the things we've been learned have harmed us or have created psychological harm or spiritual harm. And it is theology and tapes that we have in our mind that keep us from moving our lives forward. So we started out by deconstructing the Bible. And when we started deconstructing the Bible, we looked at a lot of different scriptures that said a whole lot of things that used to justify things that we used to do. Scriptures that said things like it was okay to have slaves scriptures that said things like women need to be kept silent in the church but we want all the women's money and we want their work and we want their time and we want their energy to grow the church scriptures that said that that people should be subservient to other people in the church we took time to look at the bible and to consider how we can stop thinking of the bible as being inerrant and infallible in the sense that it's the Word of God that teaches us that we should or shouldn't wear makeup, or we should or should not wear long dresses, or uh, we should or should not get divorced, or we can't. We we stopped looking at that being the infallible and inerrant Word of God, and we moved toward understanding the Bible as the inerrant and infallible word of God because it is a word of victory, not a word or a moral code that teaches you how many times to spin around and say Jesus's name so that you can enter through the pearly gates. We start, very messy, I'm gonna be real messy today, I'm just getting started. We, 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 I'm glad you're back because I know you'll talk back to me, I appreciate it. Thank you. So we looked at how we can see the word of victory in God, that God is about triumph and liberation from Genesis to Revelation. That God is not so concerned about how you are living your day-to-day life by basing it on some code that we... Yesterday it was one code, today it's another code, and next year it's going to be another. No, God has a code of victory and triumph for your life from Genesis to Revelation. That is the inerrant and infallible word of God for us all. Then we moved on to salvation. And I said we need to move away from thinking about salvation as this thing that just gets us into heaven. I, there's a whole lot of churches that want to focus on come down this aisle, say the magical words, and poof, you'll be going to heaven when you die. But the gospel that I have read shows a Jesus that was concerned about people in that day and time. So somehow the church is more focused on saving souls and not focused on saving lives. We have real issues that need to be addressed today. And so why are young people deciding not to go to church? Because they see they are saddled with college student loan debts. Their parents have been saddled with medical debts and yet they go to a church that is focused on telling people who to marry, who to be, what to wear, where to go, and never one moment taking the time to help them live a life of liberation. And so we learn that salvation, based on what is in the Bible, in the totality of the Scripture, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, I told you, I'm going to give you a biblical sermon. I said this before last time. Folks talking about getting a Bible-based church, but a Bible-based church is going to tell you about justice because that's all that's really in the Bible. I don't know why we spend so much time worried about a whole lot of other things when there's thousands of Scriptures about justice and taking care of the orphan and the widow. Yet we want to focus on bodily autonomy and stripping away women's reproductive rights when all along Jesus has been talking about setting the captives free. I'm sorry if you go to a Bible-believing church that is more concerned about your bedroom than your pocketbook. And we looked at different plans of salvation. We talked about the judicious model, the participatory model. We even learned a new word. We learned soteriology because I said, we're not going to be an anti-intellectual dumb church. I said that there are numerous different ways to consider salvation, but that we were going to focus on salvation in the here and now. We proclaim a gospel that Jesus Christ has set us free. We don't have to worry about going to heaven. We should be able to stand on that truth, that should be the baseline. Everything else, everything else is about salvation in the here and now, not about salvation in the by and by. We know what's happening in the by and by, but what does Jesus have to say now? What does Jesus have to say about the immigrants locked up in cages on the border? What does Jesus have to say about the children in CPS that are sleeping on sofas without any food or water? What does Jesus have to say about now? Every culture war is a distraction of the enemy and keeps us from living into the kingdom of God. Then we talked about anti-intellectualism, and I mentioned... The shiny, happy people documentary. And the point I tried to make in here is that we wanted to be thinking Christians. And I don't understand how in some of these churches. you know, one of the phrases that really just eats me up. I'm led by the Spirit. The Spirit told me. I I didn't go to nobody's school, but God just downloads sermons into my mind. I became a. I, I got my bachelor's, my master's, and my PhD in theology in two years. The devil is a lie. You went to somebody's garage school that scammed you out of all of your money, and you are still dumber than a box of rocks. When folks say they don't need anything but the Spirit, you tell them, Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me because you need more than the, you need more than this. Sp- here's the thing. The spirit, oh my God, the spirit is the intellect. The spirit is the mind. The spirit is the, in- why wouldn't you spend your time reading and learning and doing as much as you can? Here's why. Here's why I can't stop reading because I know I have biases and prejudices. I know that I don't know it all. I know that I need to constantly be shaping and shifting and moving with the flow of what's going Instead of being like, oh, I don't like that. And then you get up here and say, the Spirit of God told me, no, your dumbass just got up there and said some stuff that you didn't know nothing about. You are up there preaching a false, fake ass gospel. That's what you're doing. You're making shit up yourself. It is impossible. Impossible. So if you are not doing what you can to learn as lives, are gonna be free because guess what? They are fighting to deconstructing morality. And I talked about that. And I, I went through all I went through all of these things and I talked about the hypocrisy you have a mandate from God to do for those, to do for the least of these. And we talked about our backpack drive and our school uniform drive and helping our staff and advocating for reproductive justice and LGBTQ rights and fair pay and living wage and protecting the environment and expanding democracy. And all of these things, y'all know I've always said, I don't care about anybody's political party because both of them are missing the boat. If they actually cared about us, a lot of stuff would be solved. So make no mistake, this is not about aligning a message with anybody's political party because there are some ideas that would do us well that are conservative ideas that people don't want to hear. There are some ideas that will do us well that are liberal ideas that some people don't want. This is not about a political party. It is about what is in this here gospel and how do we live it out and bring about salvation for souls and lives today. We do well to remember that it was the religious elites and the government that aligned themselves together that put Jesus up on that cross. Yeah. So before we get too caught up in thinking about, oh, he preaching about the Democrats, he to no, know you actually, you, don't, you haven't been following me. Follow me. I'm on Twitter. Check me out. <laughs> then we talked about deconstructing certainty last week we talked about that there's, there's some times when we just, we won't always, it won't always be certain. We don't always know. We have to lean in, lean into, the, lean into the mystery, lean into what God is doing. Maybe we will learn something new. Maybe we will learn something different. That you don't just get a download from God every time and be like, God told me, so I'm going in this direction. No, sometimes you just got to lean in and, and feel your way through y'all Have y'all ever been in a in a in a dark room at night, and you know you get up and i wasn't raised with night lights, so I know some of y'all privileged people y'all had night lights, but i wasn't <laughs> raised with night lights, so I had to learn how to feel myself feel my way around at night in the room and at first it's a it's a mystery, and if you lived in my house, we rearranged furniture all the time, so you could never get really. Comfortable with how the room was set. So it's a mystery. But if you stub your toe one good time, you will not stub it again in the dark, will you? You will find your way through the next time. Leaning into the mystery, even when we don't have the answer that is before us. Then we also talked about moving from victory to lament. Because some of us want to live in a perpetual state of blessed and highly favored. Some of us want to live in a perpetual state of I'm walking in my victory. I'm walking in my blessing. Every day, every day. Every, every day I pass you, you say, I'm blessed and highly faithful. Today again, you're still blessed and highly. You ain't pissed off about something? Life hasn't beat you up. You're not mad. You're not broke. You're not having no financial problems. You're not having no work problems. You're not having, right? We deconstructed the fact that as Christians, we got to get out of this faking the the funk. Stop saying you blessed and you happy and you, woo, I'm living the best life of my life today. Stop saying that all the time. Folks want to hear, I am busted and disgusted. I am mad. But you know what? God is still on the throne. God is still working. God is still doing something. And I know that God is going to see me through. We said, joy cometh in the morning, right? Uh, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning, right? Right? No, weeping may endure tonight, tomorrow night, and the night after that. And the night it might go on all month, but this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. I'm just going to have to cry my way through this. I'm going to have to feel my way through this, and then I will get to the victory. Then I will have a testimony to tell you what God has done. The pain, the pain of our tears, if we are willing, God can use them to be the punch for our triumph to get us to victory. And so today, in closing this series, we are talking about deconstructing rhetoric. Why is it an issue? Why is it an issue? Rhetoric is the art of effective and persuasive speaking or writing, especially the use of figures of speech and other compensational techniques. I have a problem with religious language people that are really good at quoting the bible but not living it. it 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 am i the only one that sees a disconnect between the sanctified saved and holy you know, is, there's a there's a special anointing that seems to be on them you know they're they they they're always real, you know, just very, you know, persuasive. They always have a word of faith to speak. They always they have something to say, and they know how you should live your life, how you should live your life, and how you should handle your finances, and how you should, you know, all of these things. And I just, and there's just always a disconnect, because I think to myself, how can you be so hateful, wicked? Deceitful, cunning, inerrant, and still have the kind of life that you have. I'm just absolutely confused. The words that are coming out of your mouth does not line up with the ratchetness of your life. I'm I'm just trying to figure out, I, I see you doing this. I see this. I see a whole lot of this. You know, you're the first one to tell someone to go to a financial class because God wants you to manage your money, but you got a 300 credit score. I'm, 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 I'm. I, you're the first one to say that God go bless you if you ties, but yet you are you are robbing God's people to pay for your Rolls Royce and Mercedes Benz and your highfalutin sneakers. You saying this all this over here, and then but you but you're you're the first one to talk about who can and shouldn't and shouldn't be married and who should do what, but but you're sleeping with every woman in the church. Tr- I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm confused. And mother, why are you sleeping with the pastor? You bumping your mouth too, don't you? What, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm confused. The rhetoric needs to line up with the embodiment. And so in here, you know I'm clear that we can, we can, we can come in and we can say, we are not, this, see, now this is where, this is where I'm trying to get us to. Because I'm not saying sin does not exist. I'm trying to get us off of that other sin stuff so that we can actually focus on the stuff that does matter, the sin stuff that does matter the improper thinking about your life, the thinking that you are less than, the thinking that you can't do anything, the thinking that God is punishing you at every turn, the thinking that you can never have a good job, the thinking that you're not meant for anything, the thinking that you grew up on this side of the track. This is all you're ever going to know. The thinking that you will never be able to be a philanthropist and give to your community and lift people. The thinking that you are not smart enough, the thinking that you are not capable enough, the thinking that you are not brilliant enough. All of that thinking, that stuff is sinful. But if you are focused on what they told you was sinful, you will never... See, this is the defeating part of the gospel they're preaching. You will never move to the place of prosperity. You will stay stuck over here because you believe that God is causing you to have all of these... We've got to get you, get you over here. The, the fact that you've got to get mental health... Stop. I know, I know I'm about to step on somebody's toes. If you don't get mental health... Therapy, you will never know what to bring to God to fix. You keep wondering why your prayers are not getting answered. It's because you're praying for the wrong damn thing. You think it's about your mama. You think it's about your daddy. You think it's about that other church. No, you have low self-confidence. You were traumatized. Your parents told you things about yourself they shouldn't have told you, and your school some stuff they shouldn't have said to you, and you've been bullied all of your life, and now you believe it, and now you're praying for love and attraction and a relationship, and you're a hot-ass mess. <laughs> if you do not figure out what it is, you will not move from where you are. Somebody needs to show you who you are so that you can fix the things that need to be fixed. From rhetoric to embodiment. Rhetoric to embodiment. Embodiment is a tangible, visible form of an idea, quality, a feeling. I don't... I don't want to. I don't want toot my own horn, but I, I'm, I'm gonna just do it for a minute. Just, just a minute. Just a minute. I can't. I can't tell about anybody. Else. I'm gonna choose not to pick on my husband today. I might actually. I think I might. We'll see. <laughs> let me. Let me not go there. Okay. Has anybody in your personal life, have you ever felt, witness a move of God in your life? Have have you been able to look back and say, I am not the same person I was so many years ago? That, that, That something different has happened to me, that something has changed me, that I, like, I'm not cussing you out in five minutes, but look, like, I was was able, I am now able to hold my tongue. I am now able to say, well, maybe, maybe, you know, I think to myself, I just think to my, and Marcus did not, see, now I'm gonna pick on him. Marcus doesn't like it, because he'll come to me and say something about somebody, and I'll say, have you thought of it this way? Because see, me, I always think of it the way, some of y'all think about things, right? I go straight to, they don't like me. I'm not feeling them. So here's how I'm going to handle this. <laughs> oh, here they come again with that stuff. Here they, I, you know what? Let, this, I'm I'm X'ing, them, I'm X'ing them out. I'm done with them. Oh, you know what? Block. Block. <laughs> but the mystery and the leaning in and the, and the and the and the being willing to to seek and to understand and to and to not cast and to not cast judgment. It brings tears to my eyes because I know how judgmental I used to be. I know how hard I used to think about people, and now I just sit and I say to myself, I'm not what I used to be, and maybe they're not what God, they're not yet what God is calling them to be. And Maybe that means we can't be friends right now, but maybe we can be friends in the future. Maybe that means I have to set boundaries right now, but maybe we can fix this in the future, but walking but walking this journey, and to me, To me, y'all, that is what salvation is. It is the walk with God that moves us along the journey. You don't have to be perfect today. You don't have to be the end-all, be-all today. God is seeking people who will lean into who they are now so that God can mold you and shape you over time. You have yet to discover all the garbage and trash that is in your truck or suitcase. God has more to reveal, more light to shine, more grace to bring forth. And so I am so grateful. I am so grateful for the life. I recall in the Navy, there was, it was 9-11. <laughs> and I, I was, they, they used to call me a tyrant. And, and I, I had far too much power for a 23-year-old. Too much, just too much power. And I never forget one of the biggest leadership lessons for me that scared me to death. And it was we were about to launch the attack on Afghanistan, and I was down having lunch, and I went back up, and the equipment was beeping, and so the messages were coming from W and the Pentagon of the strike and everything we needed to do, and everybody was in the room, Cadillacing, laughing, giggling, talking, and I walk in, and all the equipment is beeping and going off, and I'm like, what the, what, am I the only like? We're in the middle of a war. (laughs) We're all having a good time. What what is going on? And I see the message that it's an executive order from the president of the United States of America, and it's just sitting there on the printer. Lost it. I threw a three-hole punch across the room, nearly took a girl's, I mean, it just barely missed her face. I'd be in jail right now. (laughs) Locked up somewhere right now. So when I think about what God can do, God was preparing me for the leadership that I have right now. God was preparing me to be able to, to deal with stuff right now. The sound went out in the microphone early and I just thought to myself, 20 years ago, I'd have flipped this podium down this aisle and lost it. Right? But God can do something amazing in our life. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to end, I'm going to end on this. All of this deconstruction stuff, make no mistake, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life and my Savior and my great ancestor. And I invite all of you into that relationship, but I don't want to invite you into the relationship that we were taught when we grew up. I want to invite us into a relationship that is transformative of our lives and transformative of the community that is around us. I want us to be thinking Christians that think about our faith and just don't spout off things that we were once taught. With freedom comes great responsibility. We are free, y'all. We are free. Y'all can you t- touch your name? Like Martina say, touch your name and say, "We are free. We are free. We are free. We are free. Tell yourself, we are free. We are free. Now what? Now what? What do you do with all of that power when you are free to lead the life that you want to lead? That's the mystery. That requires faith. That's a personal Relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hi, SPU family. Thank you so much for listening to St. Peter United Sermons podcast. We pray you were touched or moved by this sermon. To support what we do, show your love and press that follow button. For more content and news, follow us on social media platforms at St. Peter United. Remember, click. Like, subscribe, and follow. See you next time.